we're not a fast pass kind of family like okay, honestly well, so, I, thought, I thought different of you but that's fine continue. never and I would stand there with my brother in like the the, the heat the California sun yeah and we would watch the kids run by in the fast pass lane and I'd be like looking up at my mom and dad going like is there any way we can do this and they'd be like do you know what you'll enjoy the ride more in the end Welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Marr and I am delighted to welcome my guests, not to studio as usual, but from my home to her home to your ears. How weird. Um, Deputy editor of Her and Her Family, Jade Hayden, is with me today. Jade, how are you? Hi, Neve. I'm good. I'm boiling, but I'm good. Sorry. I am absolutely sweating from all of the areas that you can possibly imagine. I know. I'm kind of like, I'm low-key glad that we're not in the studio for this, purely for that reason. But um, yeah, no, it's it's a hot day out there. It's, it's a enough. hot day out there. And I know that sometimes people like to work from the garden when it's very hot like this. But I decided to drag you inside for my own selfish purposes to have you on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But delighted that you're here. A little bit later on, we're going to be talking to Bonnie Ryan just about the VHI Women's Mini Marathon that's happening. It's happening this year in October and very delighted that it is going ahead, but it is going to be virtual. So it's going to be a little bit different. Um, So I caught up with her earlier in the week and we also spoke about her wedding dress, which she got recently. And she spoke about it a little bit on her social media. We spoke about that feeling that you get when you put on a wedding dress and also um, say yes to the dress, which I am absolutely obsessed with. As she is. So now I can deduce that I am best friends with Bonnie Ryan. But anyway, Jade, uh, we have you here because I want to talk a little bit just about what's happening in the world at the moment. Like we're about to go into phase three. By the time this goes out, it's going to be open, essentially. So this is going out on Sunday. And so next week, every well, not everything, obviously, there's still restrictions in place. And we need to advise people to be cautious about that. And if you are unsure, go and check out the government website, and you can see exactly what's happening. But it's a big moment. So how are you feeling about kind of this emergence that we're all going to be doing from this week? To be honest, like, I feel amazing about it. Like, I'm proper excited, not so much like to see everyone because I feel like I'm kind of keeping up with all of my social commitments but it's more just like the the idea of being back in a restaurant and in a bar and even though we'll only be able to be there for like max two hours or in some cases an hour and a half like just the idea of being back out somewhere that isn't my own home or isn't a field like I'm just I'm so excited about that I've genuinely booked I'd say five or six different places for the next week alone (laughs) (laughs) like all that good COVID money exactly. we all say. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm going to completely blow all of it next week. But um, yeah. it'll be worth it. I'm really looking forward to it. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, like I feel I feel good about it. It's so funny, though, because I saw a tweet there recently and I can't remember who it was. Um, But it was somebody who was just like, is everybody bored of just the sameness? And it's like every single day before this pandemic, we would do the same thing. So we would get up, we would go to work, you know, we would go out and have lunch, we would go home. Like I wasn't living this rock star life before the pandemic, but there's something about the sameness of not being able to leave your home, which just has hit me in a different kind of way. As in like, I'm sitting here at my kitchen table, 
at lunchtime, which I didn't actually have today because I've been so busy, but at lunchtime, I go over there to my lunch and then I go to sleep in my bedroom and then I'm back here the next day. So like in a nutshell, I am excited for my mundane life to get slightly less mundane, if that makes sense. But I do have to admit that um, I am feeling a little bit of anxiety towards um, going back to real life. And I mean that in terms of like, I went down to town there last week and, you know, there was a lot more people around just going into shops and stuff like that. Like people have protective gear on, which is obviously really crucial, but things are going to be different. And I know that um, during the week you wrote a piece there that went out on her.ie about feeling that level of anxiety about the reopening of stuff. And I think it's a really important thing to kind of recognize that certain people are not thrilled about what we're facing into now. Definitely. And like when you kind of think about it, it doesn't really, it's not that surprising that people aren't incredibly excited. You know, I think when all of this kicked off, there was almost two camps of people. You know, there was the people who were feeling very overwhelmed and very scared and very I suppose, frustrated with the fact that we couldn't leave our homes apart from to go to the shops and kind of, you know, do like one round of exercise per day. And then there was another group of people who kind of maybe felt like because of the grand scale of COVID that, you know, it it really wasn't that overwhelming because it was happening everywhere, you know. So I think a lot of people kind of eased into it a lot easier than others. And the same thing is happening now that things are reopening. I've definitely found in my own kind of group of friends, there's like, one kind of camp of us that are just absolutely dying to get back to going out for dinner and seeing everyone and having drinks and going to the cinema. And then there's other people who are kind of like, you know, they, they're looking forward to these things, but they're also just really, really worried about, you know, what that means. And they've been so used to kind of being inside and restricting their social interactions, you know, over Zoom and over Skype and phone calls and things like that. That obviously then when all of a sudden things just open up again, it it is really overwhelming. Like it definitely is. And as much as I'm excited about it as well, I know there's definitely going to be a moment when I'm standing in the middle of town and there's just people everywhere. I am going to be a bit like, I haven't experienced this in months. Like this is bizarre that we've just yeah. gone from something so quiet and so insular to something that's seemingly just back to normal again, almost yeah. overnight. Do you know what I think is is so interesting is that like even when I look at the way that we've been working over the last few months and even the fact that like how mad is it that well I don't know about I can't speak for you but I didn't know what Zoom was neither did I I'd never three months ago I I, we had never been on as a team we had never been on Microsoft Teams like obviously we'd all heard about Skype but like I mean it's funny because we are, I think that this has proven that we are very well capable of adapting to different things. I mean, when we think, if I think about even the first two weeks of us all working from home, I was in a flop sweat for the entire time. I didn't know my Mm -hmm. arse from my elbow in terms of like getting people to record themselves for interviews and like making sure that we were getting all the content out and stuff. Like we definitely have settled in. And I think that could be why people are, are feeling that level of anxiety because although as scary as it was originally and as strange as it was we've all kind of gotten used to it and so we're all like grand I mean you know there have been a lot of zoom calls when I've had pajama bottoms on and (laughs) that's the thing and it's mad because I think like three or four months ago you couldn't have paid me to hop on a Skype call with somebody or a zoom call with somebody if I didn't need to be you know yeah like 
there would have there would have been absolutely none of that. Like people were kind of afraid. People needed to get used to how to like present themselves on video as well if that makes sense you know like yeah if, if, I remember the first couple of zoom calls I did with my friends I was so just like right I have to have the laptop set up here I have to have full face and makeup on I have to do my hair I have to make sure like if I freeze am I going to look like shit is somebody going to take a screenshot of that these were like weird worries like weird anxiety worries that I had going into it and now it's like it's just become so normal to do that so I completely understand why people are struggling trying to take themselves out of that then because yeah being on your own has become just what our lives have been and now all of a sudden that's been like suddenly changed as well like I know before it seemed like phase three would never come and that restaurants and bars would never open again but everything has accelerated so fast to the point where it it is it is a bit you know you're kind of wondering you're like are we are we ready to open up again I think that we are I mean we Mm. technically are safety wise but then you know, we've gone from having nobody in the streets to all of a sudden the streets are going to be packed and restaurants are going to be, you know, filled to whatever the new capacity is, but they're still going to be full of people. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it's just, it's crazy to think that the normality that we've gotten used to now in a few months will be the past and that'll just be gone again. I think the, another like really important thing that you kind of touched on, um, in this editorial that's on the her website and the if anybody wants to go and take a look at it it's um the headline reads it's okay to feel overwhelmed about restrictions lifting and you know just an important thing to take from that is that during this time it's really important not to discredit other people's feelings about Mm -hmm. this because of course there's going to be a lot of people celebrating and like you said earlier like booking a lot of restaurants and being really into that i'm sure that not only people who are afraid about health concerns. There are also a lot of introverts who've probably been just loving this Mm -hmm. for the past few months. So I think, you know, not discrediting other people's fears and other people's feelings about this is an important thing that we all have to take responsibility for. So if, for example, it's like, oh, well, you know, why wouldn't she want to come out and and meet me for a socially distanced walk? Or why wouldn't she want to come for brunch or he? Or just to remember that people are going to be adapting differently and it's important to just be cautious of that. That's what I think. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've been, you know, I've been booking all of my restaurants and immediately I kind of went into it and I was like, oh, you're going to come to me with this, right? Like just assuming that everybody was going to be on my level of like ready to do this. And, you know, everybody was, but um, it would have been completely fine if someone had, you know, come back to me and been like, here, listen, I actually don't feel ready yet. But I've been like, that's perfect. You know, you're ready when you're ready. And just because people aren't going to be absolutely hopping on the streets next week, doesn't mean that they won't be ever again. You know, people just need to take their time with it. And that's completely fair enough. Definitely. Absolutely. And just be mindful, you know, it's going to be a a weird time again, as we just adapt Mm -hmm. to, uh, and you know, what's funny as well, is to not get carried away because we are only halfway through the roadmap. So we still, we still have a a way to go. Um, another story that I, uh, was just watching for the entire week, um, was to do with, again, in the vein of the reopening, it was to do with hair salons reopening and one salon in particular. Um, but we don't want to focus too much on that. But it was a piece that, you know, they they responded to. So we can say it was Peter Mark. And basically, um, salons are reopening. People are very, very excited. People haven't gotten their hair done in a good few months. But there is this added charge and essentially um well you wrote the story so why don't you tell us a little bit about um what's going on there with this regrowth charge that had people Mm. up in 
arms. It was People are not absolute arms. chaos when this came out. Like obviously Peter Mark and most salons across the country are reopening next week. You know, it's brilliant news for everybody who needs to get their roots sorted, needs to get a haircut. You know, most of us are going around looking like complete trash and that's fair enough. <laughs> but uh, you kind Speak of think, for yeah. <laughs> you kind of think that, you know, once once salons are open again, that obviously it's going to be difficult to get an appointment and maybe some appointments will take longer. But I don't think that people thought that there would be a significant extra charge to their appointments and their services. Um, Peter Mark there is they've added a couple on actually and they're being I think it's important to note that they're being quite upfront about it you know they, okay. they're not doing this secretly no they're not, they're not they're not bringing people in and being like by the way you owe us more money they're telling people when they're booking but exactly because, yeah. but because they're telling people when they're booking that means that everybody knows and everybody's going mad so basically yeah. what it is is if you have used a home kit dye um, during the past three months which I'm sure so many people have Peter Mark are basically saying that they're going to charge 60 quid extra to kind of correct that color, um, which, you know, I'm sure I've definitely used at home kit dyes before. And I've gone into Peter Mark's afterwards and I've gotten a bollocking from my stylist, but I wasn't charged extra, you know. Yeah. So um, they're also they're also doing it with um, just the general kind of regrowth charge as well. So basically, if your hair has grown which it has over the past three months, they're going to be charging um, 45 quid extra. Now see, um, that's, that's the thing that yeah. gets to me. And it's because I've said this to you before. So, well, I'll give you a bit of context. How I discovered mm-hmm. this was happening was that my auntie called me last week and she goes there. She's gone there for years. She loves it. But she called me up and she was like, um, this happens sometimes in our industry. Like, you know yourself, if people hear something that they think, you know, might be of interest to the public, they'll give you a call and be like, Will you please find out about this? Mm-hmm. So my auntie called me up and she was like, um, you know, I booked in and then I got another call from uh, the receptionist who had booked me in, not my stylist. Now that that's what kind of, you know, grabbed my attention a little bit. This wasn't after somebody had looked at her hair, but like you said, they are being really upfront about it. And they were like, look, um, we're going to have a regrowth charge. And they specifically told my aunt that um, it was going to be around the 45 euro mark. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, again, with all due credit, they were kind of alerting her that it was going to cost a little bit more than her usual kind of, you know, trim. My aunt mm-hmm. has short hair. And I almost fall, fell off my chair, to be honest with you, because <laughs> for me, I have thought for years my own opinion you can disagree with it or not but I think it is shocking the prices that we have to pay to get our hair done like I anybody who's listening says like I've got a lot of hair there's it's long um it's unruly and basically I spread out my hair salon visits once every six months I would say like sometimes Mm -hmm. longer so to hear that people would be charged for a three-month regrowth charge for me that's hilarious because uh, that's what the hairstylists have to face with me whenever they see me, realistically. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like, when was the last time you were in? I was like, your guess is as good as mine. So this is uh, what really annoyed me was that I feel like they're presuming and they know that a lot of women and men are going to go in and pay a heck ton of money <laughs> because of the fact that we haven't gotten our hair done. And that just yeah. bothers me because 
I just don't think that it's necessarily fair. Whatever about the box dye, because I know that that can really damage your hair. I think a regrowth charge is taking the piss, to be honest with you. It really is. That's the thing. I mean, I know people can say no. People can be like, okay, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to go get my hair cut elsewhere. But there's absolutely going to be so many people who are just going to be like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, I'll just, I'll pay that extra charge, you know. And it is going to be more work for the stylist. But, you know, it's it's always more work for a stylist when someone comes in and their hair is in a bit of shitty condition. And that's just the world we live in now is that most people's hair is going to be in a bit of a shitty condition. Yeah, exactly. Um, like there's not one person who can, who would be able to go into any salon and not have an amount of regrowth over the past three months. Like it's, it's impossible. <laughs> and the thing is like trying to be fair and trying to kind of come at it from both sides. You know, there was a lot of people that were commenting when we put it up on site, you know, that to be fair, like you said, it's more work for the stylist and it's like a hard graft. And also like, you know, businesses have been losing out on yeah. cash flow and money over the last few months as well. But to be fair, you know, we've been highlighting that quite a lot and we've been really reinforcing that. And I think that the the issue why some people may have been feeling so aggrieved by this is because, you know, it's been tough for everybody. And when we're coming back into it, like just think about the fact that a lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people have being put on reduced hours. A lot of people don't have the income that they had to spend on their mm-hmm. hair. And I actually think that if anything, this could potentially be a good impact for salons to maybe just have a think about their prices in general and think that it could be a little bit absolutely ridiculous, the, the amount of money that they're charging people to get their hair. Like if you have long hair and you want a full color and a cut and a blow dry, forget about it. I mean, it's so expensive. Like once it's crazy. Was a time, there once was a time when that was all rolled into just going to the hair salon. And yeah. now it's all separated out and I'm screwed. So there's yeah. no, like there's no point in me even trying to get yeah. any parts of that done. Like, I mean, I've, they've, at times I have, rejected a blow dry because I've just been like look just I'll do it myself at home yeah like, that's honestly. literally it like that's part of the reason why I keep my hair short is because then I get to go in and be like oh it's it's short length sometimes I still get caught with medium length which I think is unfair generally but um like I think it's it's such a good point though what you're saying that so many people will kind of realize what they do and don't need to go to salons for now yeah I know myself like I love getting a little shellac on my nails but like I've bought the I've bought the OPI nail stuff. I've been using that for the past three months, and it's fine. It yeah. doesn't stay on as long, but I'm kind of like, do I want to bother trying to get booked in somewhere, spending 30, 40 quid on my nails that are only going to last a couple of weeks anyway? Like, you know, and I, I'm sure a lot of people are going to feel the same way about their hair as well. Exactly. It's a little bit of perspective. And I think that at times like this, it's really important to just sprinkle a little bit of perspective on everything. We've all been managing grand, like our hair didn't fall out. If anything, it probably got into a little bit better condition. Mm. Don't look at my hair right now. But like in general, you know, we, we've we've survived on, on doing things ourselves. And I think that people are going to re-engage with businesses because it's nice to go and make yourself feel good and to have a treat as well. Mm. And I am looking forward to that. But I definitely know that I can also survive without. And I think that, you know, for businesses that are really trying to re-engage with their clientele and their customers, potentially think about that, that they're going to be slightly more wary about what they spend their money on. And in a lot of situations now, some people will not have that income to just do that willy nilly as well. So, yeah, that was uh it was a story, though. <laughs> it was. It, it blew up. And you know, I wasn't surprised at all. People people were mad. And people have a lot of time to get mad at things these days. So, 
I know, absolutely. Um, speaking of things like <laughs> things blowing up, essentially, you know, we were uh, last week we were doing something else. So we didn't actually get to speak on this show about the reopening of pennies and, and yeah. things like this, which has been happening gradual. But you know what? This isn't something that I want to talk about. I don't necessarily want to talk about pennies. I want to talk about, because Ikea opened as well. Mm-hmm. I, do, I want to talk about queuing. Yeah. You and everybody else knew, I think. Yeah. Like yeah. we we put up a we put up a meme. I think it was your meme, wasn't it? About like Irish people love Oh, Irish people love it was like Irish people love two things, queuing and giving out about queuing. Like this is it. So, I'm just like, why it. do people one love to queue and then two adore giving out about yeah. queuing? Like how dare they how dare they spend their time in that queue on that day I'm just like excuse me why do you care if people want to spend it's their time I got quite annoyed when people were giving out to people who were queuing for the likes of pennies and the likes of Ikea for me personally wouldn't be something that I would love to do because I do I genuinely hate queuing so I mm-hmm. choose I choose not to do it and my life is grand because of that but those people who do want to do it let them at it. Except that's the thing. I don't understand why people got so annoyed, especially when it's a case of like, like you said, it's their own time. But also a lot of people don't have very much else to do right now. So if a shop opening is something that they can kind of spend their day at, pick up a few bits, go home and be like, okay, that was an activity that I haven't been able to do for the past three months. And that made me feel better about my day than like amazing. It doesn't even have to be a reason like that either. It could have just been like someone was bored one day. Maybe they wanted to pick up some 150 pair of tights that they couldn't get before. Do you know, like it doesn't have to be this massive, big rigmarole. And like a lot of people were then complaining, being like, you know, this is what's going to cause the second wave. And I was like, I don't think 100 people standing outside Henry Street, like quite far apart and then entering into a shop that's introduced strict social distancing measures and like new health and safety procedures is going to cause a second wave. Like, I don't think people aren't stupid. No, no, no. So I have a theory about this, right? And that's the thing, whatever about queuing and stuff like that, I do have to say that, you know, we obviously covered it on site and people were adhering to strict social distancing practices that were in place. So here's my theory. People just like saying shit about shit. Yeah, they do. This especially is my theory. Now, especially now, because there's very little else to say shit about. Exactly. It doesn't actually matter about whether they were queuing for pennies or whether they were queuing for the best sustainable fashion store. Mm. It didn't matter what it was they, that they were queuing for. In IKEA, it didn't matter that there was no hot dogs available. People yeah. just wanted to comment on what other people were doing. This is yeah. what I think. It's yeah. like it didn't actually matter what people were queuing for. People were going to have an opinion on it either way. And I think that's a sorry state of affairs because if people want to queue for things, let them queue for things. But my question to you, Jade Hayden, mm. is would you be a queuer? I don't know. I don't think so. Like, I haven't been to any of the shops that have opened in the past couple of weeks, but that's not because I don't want to go. That's just more like laziness. Like, I don't, I just, I don't really, I don't care for the people are queuing, but like, I personally haven't queued, but I may go queue tomorrow. Who knows? Yeah, and you have that right, Jade. I you do, do, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> I knew I could always count on you for the sport when it comes to things like this. I actually, it's because I have, like, I think I have some serious, uh, deep-rooted historical issues with queuing because mm-hmm. of my times that I've spent in Disney World and the okay. likes back in the day as a child. When not you'd invest be, in a fast pass, no. 
we never we our family collectively (laughs) we're not a fast pass kind of family like honestly I thought I thought different of you but that's fine never and I would stand there with my brother in like the 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 heat the California sun yeah and we would watch the kids run by in the fast pass lane and I'd be like looking up at my mom and dad going like is there any way we can do this and they'd be like do you know what you'll enjoy the ride more in the end and I was like When you waited for three hours. I don't know if I would. And you'd be in those like cattle rails, essentially. And then somebody would moo because it'd be funny. And then people would come and spray with water because they were like the tiny Irish children look like they might be about to pass out. But uh, yeah, so never a fan of queuing. If you got a fast pass for um, pennies, would you be bothered? Like, honestly, Jade, we might be onto something. Like, imagine. Like, this may have just been a kind of a during that week that it opened a fast pass thing. But if you're going to do a fast pass on like, you know, uh, the Incredible Hulk's roller coaster, mm-hmm. you'd probably do it on a, on pennies. Yeah, I think they do quite well. I, I imagine they would be reserved for um, people over the age of 70 and frontline workers. But listen, I mean, they deserve it. So Absolutely, yeah. And <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I would have spent good money on getting a fast pass for over the last couple of weeks? Aldi. Because... I wanted that egg chair so, so bad. Egg chair. So many people wanted the egg chair. And it's so funny, though, because they, they put up these special buys and like they're amazing garden furniture or just like bits for your house that everybody goes mad for. And like when you look at the size of it, you consider like Aldi's not like a massive warehouse. Aldi is a supermarket. So if you think about it logically, they're going to have like max five of these things in the shop. It's all they had. It's all they had. Like, honestly, can I say, I I was going to film this because obviously the first day that McDonald's went up, you know, I went and I filmed a video for content purposes and for chicken nuggets. Yeah. And it was a day, like it was a proper couple of hours situation. Um, I went with the full intents to do the same thing for Aldi. But when I got there at 9 a.m., which was when the store was opening, the queue was too long that I would have probably missed a full day of work. And I was with my boyfriend and he legged it like he was gone he was like absolutely yeah. not leave I don't care about this or your content and I was like you keep saying that and it's actually starting to hurt my feelings um but he was gone and then I queued for like 10 minutes yeah I saw three people carry out one of the egg chairs oh my God. and I realized then that even if there was more than five in stock I would never be able to carry this monstrosity no. out of that store on my own. So yeah, I just walked away. But I kind of like, there were so many people around me, Jay, that no joke, I kind of was like, oh, I'm just going to go to the shop to get milk. I didn't want them to know that I was yeah, queuing for yeah. the egg. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, it's like, I don't, how, how long were the people who got the egg chairs there? Like, did they camp all night? Because if they did, that is dedication to the egg chair. Yeah, and a few, like, a few of them said, of like, a few of them said 7, 7.30 that they were there. That's okay. it's not It's not too bad. It's a couple of hours, yeah. like, before, it's a couple of hours before the store opens. Yeah. I do have to reiterate that the store yeah. was open and I was nowhere near the building. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know why. For some reason, I was just, like, pottering out. But I was like, oh, just go get milk in the shop. And I was like, oh own your egg like own it yeah like anyway. you, you got up looking for the egg chair and you didn't get it so you need to like acknowledge the fact that you failed to get the egg I as failed ending that you were down there to get milk when you absolutely weren't I had loads of milk I had loads of milk yeah. in the fridge no you I... didn't have Neve. I, an an, I didn't have an egg chair uh-huh. do you know what I still don't have an egg chair 
an egg chair. No. Um, but yeah, it's a the queuing phenomenon. I think that it's interesting. I think that we're going to look back on all of this time. Hopefully, you have to look at it with a bit of humor as well. Yeah. Um, and to anybody who's listening who did get the egg chair, mazel tov. And can I come round? Because I just, just maybe I just, just a little bit. Maybe a yeah, just yeah. want to experience it. Um, okay, we are we are running out of time, but I just wanted to spend a little bit of time with you, Jade, because while I have you, to just talk about memes slightly, because actually it's a beautiful transition because we were talking about the egg chair then. I remember that we did up a meme on, on it and we were kind of thinking about, oh, is this too vague? Is this not too vague? And it absolutely slapped. It was amazing. Everybody loved it. But I think that people, you know, for people who are listening, who listen, who who follow her on Instagram in particular, I personally wondered about memes before about like where they came from and and who thinks of them, and they come from in large part the brain of Jade Hayden, who is sitting here <laughs> with me right now. So we want to pick out a few of your favorite memes and mm. tell me a little bit about your inspiration behind them. Hit me with your memes. Like to be honest, I can't even claim that I come up with memes as a concept like I think most of them are generated from Twitter and then they evolve and they progress and they become something different yeah. so just as the egg chair did one did as well you know and it, it did so well it was insane but um, obviously COVID has been a heavy heavy time for memes um, given all of the horrible and sad and doom and gloomy things that have been happening people turn to humour yeah. um, and and with it come a lot of memes and I haven't I've known some of the ones now these aren't mine I'm not taking credit for all of these some of them are um but my favorite one favorite from the entire lockdown has to be one of the Paul Meskel chain memes and now there's a very specific one it was the original meme that I saw about that silver chain that he wears around his neck and it was a photo (laughs) it was you've probably seen it it was a photo of a guy just dressed up in like a big silver outfit. I think he had like tin foil on and he was spray painted silver. <laughs> and then the caption was just like me incognito pretending to be a chain so I can sniff Paul Meskel's neck. And I laughed <laughs> so hard when I saw that meme. I didn't because see I hadn't that. even realized that people were going mad for the chain yet. And I just saw that and I just, it was the fucking funniest thing <laughs> that I'd ever seen. And then after that, then all of a sudden the Instagram page got set up. Ed chain went viral. He auctioned off his chain. Like it was just a whole thing. And I loved that, that meme that was so clever. Amazing. It all off. I just thought that was brilliant. I hadn't seen so that funny. one. Um, oh my God. Another one that I love as well, which is less of a meme and more of a kind of like Twitter reaction, but it was just so funny and I haven't been able to stop laughing at it. And um, basically the other week, Dermot Kennedy released some new music. Everybody was like, this is great. We all love a bit of Dermot. And then some guy just tweeted on Twitter and was like, Dermot Kennedy could literally record himself taking a shit and I'd still listen to it, hashtag goat. And I just thought that was that was so funny on its own. But then Dermot Kennedy randomly comes in and retweets it and it's just like, thank you, Cullum, please check your DMs. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, what are you just, like, number one, Dermot Kennedy is like, he's he's such a talented guy, but he's so unassuming. Like, I never thought, like, 
Dermot Kennedy was like really, really funny. But like all of a sudden he just swoops in with this like random chaotic tweet about like recording himself taking a shit and sending it to this guy. (laughs) It's actually, it's funnier when you say it back because of course, like, you know, we we took that tweet and we put it up on our Instagram account. And I loved your, um, I loved actually what you said in terms of the caption. What was it? It was. Oh, the caption was just, you got that power over me. <laughs> like it was just perfect because it tied it all together. But I think what's brilliant about something like that is that, like you said, there's just so much to unpack. Like, is Dermo saying that like, you just is like I've I always thought of him as like just real kind of you know just supremely talented, yeah, but really also cool, kind real of cool, guy, real yeah. chill. This feels like something that like Ryan Reynolds would say. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Look for for clout, but he would never follow up on it. Now I kind of hope that Dermot has followed up on it, um, <laughs> purely for this guy Column's sake, because he's clearly into it. But it just it made me so laugh. There were so many layers to it. There was so many it layers. Was brilliant. Yeah, so funny. it was brilliant, and I I do agree. I think it was it was so funny. I found it funnier when you said it just there, which makes me want to go back and like look at it again because it just Dude, does. It's the hashtag goat at the end of it as well. It's just, and then also I'm like, was he searching his own name looking for praise after he put out his new song? And was that the one tweet that he was like, I got to share this with my fans? Like, he wasn't actually tagged, wasn't no, he? he wasn't not? tagged, no. That just makes it even funnier. Um, We really appreciate you coming on, Jade, and giving us your time. Please continue to spot these absolute nuggets of meme gold on the internet. Bring them to the audience. Continue to write them yourself. They they crack me up, absolutely. And uh, yeah, we'll have to have you on again in a couple of weeks. And hopefully I'll see you again in person soon because it, it has literally been, <laughs> maybe, it's still holding against we'll me. Um, <laughs> okay, so we are going to go now. And as I mentioned earlier, we caught up with Bonnie Ryan earlier in the week. We're talking about the VHI Women's Mini Marathon. Um, it's going to be taking place from the 1st to the 10th of October, virtually so we've got all the information on that and thank you so much for listening we'll chat to you next week how are you how have you been getting on how's lockdown been treating you do you know what like I'm careful in what I say because I wouldn't want to be like oh great because I know that like it's been a difficult time for everybody but like relatively speaking in the grand scheme of things thankfully like, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing good and I've uh, been keeping myself busy. So that's all you can really do. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose like we've, we've spoken to a lot of people um, kind of over the course of this from their own homes and stuff like that, obviously, because everybody has been in lockdown. And I suppose from your point of view, um, a lot of people know you from online and social media, but you're also a makeup artist as well. And I suppose from a business point of view, how has that been for you? Because Obviously, if you're a makeup artist, you have to be very close to people to do that. So how has that transition been for you from a business point of view? Um, Yeah, well, God, it's been a long break anyway. Um, And I think, like, obviously, I really, really miss it. But, like, I'm just thinking so many people are out of work as well. And we're hopefully soon going to be able to kind of go back to a little bit of normality but I'm going to take my time I'm going to wait and see you know how the hairdressers get on how beauticians get on and then kind of make my way back slowly I don't want to rush into anything just because I am in such close contact with people 
Um, but I think all makeup artists have to make their own call on that, like whatever feels comfortable to them. So just going to take my time and hopefully I'll be back doing it as soon as possible. Have you enjoyed kind of um, seeing the creativity that's been coming out of all of the different industries online because of the kind of parameters that are in place now due to safety? Like, I mean, I am not a makeup artist, not very good at doing my makeup, but I have to say I love watching people do makeup especially on Instagram so like as a community how do you how have you felt by watching everybody kind of turn to just using it as a time to delve into their own creative process a little bit more than when they were very busy working like I think it's actually been such a lovely thing to watch I feel like social media has really shone during this time everybody kind of banded together And like you're saying, like it was such a time for people to be creative, maybe do things that people haven't done before. And not just even like in terms of like fashion or beauty. Like I started following so many like girls who like have great yoga classes or meditation and um, interior ideas or DIY hacks in the house. And, you know, all different things that like when life is just like kind of normal, like you just don't have time for it. So it was actually lovely to find new accounts like that and um, just see such positivity coming offline. It was it was really, really nice. So you got engaged last year, which congratulations, by the way. Um, and we saw recently as well, you shared on your on your social media that you found the dress. Um, obviously, a lot of people, you know, have had to postpone their weddings and have postponed things like that like finding the dress and I I know that you said that you shared that experience with your sister and your mom like such a massive moment in the whole process um but have you been because as you said like work kind of was not something that you were able to do for a while has it just been like full-fledged wedding plans all day long how has that been going for you well first of all like I'm so so lucky that it wasn't this year and like my heart was actually broken for anybody who was because like like I've had friends and cousins who have had to postpone or cancel and um, and because I'm in the middle of planning it like I know how much hard work goes into it and how excited you are in that lead up to it so I can only imagine how like how disappointing it would be and um, but just from my my point of view like I'm so glad that I've had it to kind of be arranging and organizing and it's been like such a like project of like a labor of love during this time like I picking you know your color schemes and like all those things like for invites and like going and getting the dress and it's just been so nice to have it and so I feel like I'm so lucky because I know that some people have been just so devastated and having to rearrange but 2021 is going to be the year for everybody like we're not going to have a weekend free we're going to be at so many weddings and parties absolutely actually one of my friends she had to postpone she was due to get married uh in may and so we've just kind of literally she's is doing it like in 2021 instead she got pretty much the same date as well which is lovely but um actually we did a a couple of pieces online about micro weddings and we think that that's going to be like a big trend in terms of weddings in the future so obviously everyone is going to be more cautious about mass gatherings um, and micro weddings is something that's kind of come up as like a nice alternative to that but I suppose obviously not giving too much away because it's very personal but 
were you are you planning a massive wedding have you always dreamed about that since you were young or is like a smaller kind of a party your style smaller definitely uh yeah that's more for me like well that's that's I suppose relatively speaking it's like you know small to somebody might be like 200 people so um for me though like yeah I've always wanted to do something on the smaller side of things and just make it a really great party with amazing food and like everyone just having so much fun and so yeah like I won't be having too many people it's a couple of my friends and family uh, so yeah, hopefully we'll be all good by the time it rolls around. Finally, like just on the on the wedding front, because I want to move on to running. I'm gonna have to get some training tips from you. Um, but uh, so I'm obsessed with say yes to the dress, and I've heard that you get this feeling when you put on a wedding dress. Is that a true statement? Do you get that feeling when you put on the right dress? Because honestly, I feel like if I got into like six or seven different dresses, I would just enjoy all of them. But what is that feeling actually like? So I'm literally your twin. I watch Say Yes to the Dress every single day. Like I'm I cry. And I've always been like, I wonder... Like, is it really that magical when it happened? I had a feeling that I'd go in and try on loads of dresses and just be like, yeah, it's really nice. But like, what if I find nicer? And I I was like, is this going to take me so long to find it? And I went, was it last? Last Saturday was the first time I tried on a wedding dress. And I went with my mom, my sister. I put on my very first wedding dress and I was like this is it stop you're actually giving me shivers like it was the most amazing feeling and I've like other than being sure on the person I'm marrying I'm like this was the most sure I've been on something I was like there's no way I'm finding something better than this like no matter what I see like I couldn't have dreamt of a more perfect dress I was like I know this is it then then I was so scared that when I came out to show my mom and Lottie that I was like, please, God, let them like it. And yeah. when I came out, the two of them, like their eyes just filled up. And I was like, OK, thank God we're all on the same page. <laughs> so oh, one, one wedding dress and that's it. One and done. <sighs> that is the dream. But, like, and you it, weren't even tempted. It, even if it hadn't have been the first dress I tried on, like, when you do put on the one that you want, you know. Yeah. Like, you just, you just know. And, like, I kind of thought, I was like, will I be one of those girls who wants to wear, like, three wedding dresses? I'm like, no way. I'm, I'm never taking this dress off when I put it on. Like, I'm going to live in it for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited to hear that because, one, what an incredible experience. But also, two, you have... cemented my love for say yes to the dress because I know that this feeling is genuine it is real it happens it happens okay that's exciting to hear I'm so excited for you whenever that time comes because it's so much fun like you're just going to be like yeah and you only had like your mom and your sister I suppose obviously because of you know precautions and stuff like that but would you have had many more people than that because that sounds kind of like the perfect you don't want too many opinions as well yeah I know it well I would have loved my little sister to have been able to come but uh they let me videotape everything when I was in there which was so nice of them so I had Lottie like recorded everything while we were there and when I got home 
my fiance had all my bridesmaids and my sister, my other sister is one of them. He had them there with like champagne and stuff. And we watched it all. Like we watched the whole dress. Like, cause I did try on a few others just for the experience. And yeah. um, so we on the screen and like, we had like a little glass of champagne together and um, it was actually like the perfect day. So it just turned out so well. It's so exciting. And I suppose when it's different experiences, you kind of get different things from it. So like, like that, something like that, that probably wouldn't have happened in normal circumstances. But your fiance, who sounds incredible, just wanted to make it that little mm. bit extra special for you. So, so nice. So exciting. Well, I'm glad to hear that, you know, everything is going well with that. Um, so let's talk about the mini marathon. So exciting that it's still happening and that it's a, a virtual kind of event. So it's from the 1st to the 10th of October. Um, and tell us a little bit about why you're involved in it and also how people can get involved and how it's going to be a little bit different than usual. Okay, well, I have wanted to do the marathon for so long. My mom has run it for the last, I think, 12 years. Like, she's just amazing. And I always, every year, I'm like, next year mom I'm going to do it with you next year next year and I'd kind of started running a little bit over the last year and then when when VHI asked me to get on board I was like this was what I needed to be like get your ass in gear and go and do this um so I'm so excited to be doing it and like obviously it's different this year because it's going to be virtual um Mm. but like I think it's still so amazing it's going to give people that motivation to get out and run and move then like do it for a charity that you love and and then as well like you don't have to do 10k in one day like it's over the course of 10 days so if you want to do like 1k a day you can do that if you want to do two 5ks like whatever suits you so whatever you're capable and comfortable doing and so I'm like, I'm just so pleased that they were able to find a way to bring it back in some shape or form. Yeah, I, I think like what you said there about, you know, people doing it in their own time is a really nice kind of touch as well, because I feel like sometimes the word marathon itself can be a little bit scary and it can be like, you know, just for me as a non-runner now I do like I go to the gym and stuff like that but running for me has always just been I always thought that you either love it or you're not good at it but like as I started to run a little bit more I started doing 5k's around the time that people were raising money you know they were nominating people and you know you do get a lot of enjoyment out of it so I mean for you just for anybody who's listening or watching this um would you have considered yourself to be a natural runner? And what would you say to people who are like that? I've always wanted to do it, but have never actually kind of got the courage to do it in the past. So I am like the furthest thing from a natural runner. And even now, like I have been trying to train myself for probably four months now. And I'm up to about like six or seven K. And even now with like training for that long, I am literally like, like hunting feeling when you finish it you're like yes and it's just like it really gets like your adrenaline going and you feel so good once you reach it like every week I set myself a new target of like even if it's just half a k or even doing the same amount as the week before but in less time and if I hit it like I'm just like like I'm so not a natural runner so to see progression each week is so rewarding So anybody who doesn't run, I'm like, this is your time to jump in on the marathon because you can do it your way. And, you know, 
even if you want to do, see what you can do in the first day, like go as far as you can. And then if you can't do it all, you've got nine other days to finish it out. So yeah, I think what's great about like um, the VHI mini marathon as well is that, you know, it's always been something that I've loved watching because it really feels like it's women coming together and, you know, doing something. A lot of people, like you said, they don't necessarily have to run it. Usually with this, some people walk it and it's just kind of a great day out, isn't it? Like, that's the thing. And of course, it's not going to be the same as usual. Um, But in terms of like, I know that you were launching it today with your sister and stuff like that. Have you been training with your sister? Do you guys have a little bit of a competitive spirit when it comes to this? Will you be watching your times or is it all just we're doing it for the cause? Um, I wouldn't be competitive with her. I'm actually really competitive with myself, though. So, okay. like, um, she's gonna do it in um, two five k's, and she's been doing a good bit of training over the last few weeks. So, I think she's gonna smash that. I'm gonna do um five two k's because I think that it would kind of two k is just not daunting. So, I'm hoping if I do two k, it will get a few more people on board. Um, yeah. I just want to try and beat my own time. So even if I am only doing 2K, I'm going to like sprint it. And yeah, but I'd be super competitive with myself, but uh, not not with her. She's going to smash it. Like I'm I'm there rooting for her, so. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so we're going to put all the information into the subscription box for how people can get involved. So Bonnie, can you just tell us one more time before we let you go? Hopefully like, you know, around that time, we're going to have some nice weather so people can get out and do it. Um, but before we go, can you just let us know again, just kind of when this is happening and how people can get involved? So it is happening at the start of October, the first 10 days. Registration is now open. So just go to the VHI um, website for the Women's Mini Marathon and just make sure that like get involved, like be putting up, you know, if you're training and you can follow myself and Lottie as well when we're training on our Instagrams. Bonnie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. And yeah, I'm definitely signing off. It's been an absolute pleasure. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for talking to me. I'll talk to you soon, Eve.